Well, the biggest media star in the country, without a doubt, yes. Fox Sports and um, Triple M. And that, we say good thank you for them for letting us borrow him. And that's Mark Howard. G'day, Howie. Jack Warren, uh, show's continuing to fly. Um, nice to speak to you blokes, you're killing it. And by gee, we've got a big weekend of sport coming out of with the footy and the AFL W Grand Final. The cricket's just finished, the Grand Prix's on. How good? Uh, Howie, it's was a, how are you going to spend your time this weekend? Because you're all over Masters everything. As well. Where Where are you going to find any time for yourself? Well, it's a pretty typically busy weekend. Call the footy on Friday night on the uh, on Triple M, and then uh, I think a game on Saturday on Fox, and we've got a show on Saturday night on Fox. It's just article best on ground. But I have got Sunday off, so Ooh. I'm taking my wonderful wife to the Grand Prix. Uh, we're both big Grand Prix fans. So, and listening to that weather, 26 with a late shower. Yeah. That's what the likes of Dan Ricardo and my man Lewis Hamilton probably need a bit Ooh. of rain. So, you, want, you want the last you, you want the last 10 laps. You want the rain coming, change of tide. Make it interesting. Exactly. Uh, you you are blessed, mate, because you have probably the job that most average punters would love to do: talking to all these uh, superstars and commentating. Uh, where, when in your life, sort of, um, to me, it seems too good. When was it, and how has it been difficult for you at times? Um, I don't think I've had any great difficulty in my life. I think it's just been a long, slow. Um, progression to, to get to um, a point where I'm really privileged in my work. Uh, I think it just sort of just kept plugging away and if you're surrounded by some pretty talented people, which I am in cricket and football broadcasts, um, you sort of just grab onto their coattails and hang on and away you go, to be honest. And I, I think too, what we enjoy, especially with the podcast, is, is your focus on sort of getting to know the person as well as the sport that they play. Is that something that that really interests you personally? Yeah, it does. Yeah, no, it's just a, just a privilege of speaking to these people. You know, I, I sat for two hours today getting to chat to one of my favourite cricketers um, and one of my favourite role models, Usman Khawaja. Um, and I don't think we spoke about uh, cricket for the first probably 50 minutes. We were speaking about um, the, his approach to life, um, how he views his religion, his connection to Islam, um, how he's dealt with racism over the years. So to, to be privileged enough to be able to ask questions to people of that calibre um, on the Howie Games, I absolutely love it. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, I'm sitting in the spare bedroom, which is otherwise known as the recording studio, chatting to some superstars. So it, it's great fun, it's a great privilege, and it's one of my more enjoyable parts of my job, which, as you mentioned at the start, it's a pretty cool gig. You know, I get paid to talk about sport, so um, things, are going, things are going well. It's good fun. Do you think, too, generally, we, we are treating our sports heroes properly. I know that uh, some media outlets can quickly jump on someone, but you're sort of the opposite in giving everybody that opportunity. Do you think we're getting it right? No, not really. I mm. think we've become a really uh, negative media in many ways. We're building people up and being tearing them down. I think um, Jamie Carr's a perfect example. She's a fine young lady who made a mistake during the COVID uh, lockdown. Um, I had her on the podcast recently and, and I think the way she was treated is a perfect example of the fact that we in the media sometimes go a little bit too hard and forget that these people have mums and dads and sisters and brothers and, and loved ones that have to read these things about them. You know, if someone does something wrong, I think they deserve to to, to cop their fair whack, but I think we probably go a little bit hard. Um, and for whatever reason, um, I don't know what you blokes think Jack and was, you know, I grew up in a country in Australia that I love and still love dearly today that was about positivity yeah. and 
encouraging people to have a go. I think mm. sometimes these days it, we are a little bit quick to uh, give people a hard time that are having a crack, which is um, something I try to avoid on the podcast, to be honest. It's about positivity. Everybody makes mistakes, um, but we all learn from them, um, and on we go. But, yeah, I think sometimes in the media we can be a little bit hard. What do you like to reckon? Oh, look, I agree, and look, I'm, I'm not a journalist. I've sort of fallen into this role in the last 12 months, and uh, I, I enjoy getting to know the person as much, and, you know, I know as well as anyone, people make mistakes. But uh, it's more yeah. so that, you know, you, you hear growing up about the whinging poms and all that sort of stuff, and, you know, I keep getting confused when something goes wrong in Australia. We're the ones that are whinging now, so... Oh, no, I don't. I didn't quite. Yeah, I'm with you, Howie. That yeah, I don't know when it turned, but we have turned into that sort of nation. Yeah, I don't really know either. As I said, I love Australia, and I've been fortunate enough to see many parts of the world, and it, and this is my favourite place in the world. But uh, you know, I think back to the America's Cup and things like that. It was mm. like good on you, have a crack and see how you go, and and do your best. And now. A lot of the time, whether it's social media, I don't know, um, which is a small minority, I guess, rather than that have a crack approach, it's like, oh, why would you have a go at that? You, you know, you're going to stuff it up, which is not what I want to be about, and I don't think the average person wants to be about, so I don't know how that small minority has got such a loud voice. But anyway, we're getting into some pretty deep areas here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's how you're right. Um, now, positivity and, and having a crack. We've got Ash Barty, who came out recently and retired, which for me was a just as courageous decision to retire as it was how she played the game. How did you yeah. see that at, at the top of her game coming out and retiring? I thought it was a beautiful decision. Yeah. I think you used the word perfectly. It was it's a courageous decision because, you know, the, the modern world, we often judge success in financial terms. And, she, you know, it was reported she'd given up up to $100 million. So that, that, that's a significant decision to say... I would prefer and I would have more enjoyment and I would have a more fulfilling life to step away from that. That's a tremendously courageous decision. Uh, But I think it was a perfect example for such a wonderful role model to show a lot of us that if you're doing something in life that you're possibly not enjoying as much as other things in your life, you can step away and do something else. If if Ash Barty can step away from the so-called glitz and glamour of professional sport to pursue something she finds more fulfilling in life, then why can't I or you or the bloke over the back fence do it? So I thought it was a, a wonderfully courageous, inspiring decision that made me question things and hopefully and no doubt made a lot of other people question things. And what? so what do you love about sport at the moment, Howie? What, what are you loving about it? I know we've got so much of it and we've, we've got to settle back into it, but what do you love about it? Well, particular sports, uh, I, you know, I get to call the footy. I love that the teams at the moment are scoring 100-plus points to win games. My wife's a massive Carlton fan. I'm a Hawthorne fan, which hurt me a little bit on the weekend. But, you know, the Blues are kicking <laughs> over 100. Collingwood's kicking over 100. You know, the teams that are winning are kicking over 100. So, you know, footy became a bit of a grind, um, calling it off, off monitors, not at the ground when the whole state was in lockdown and it was, you know, 60 to 55 and that type of thing. So I think from football, the scoring I'm loving. Cricket, uh, I love the way, the fact that Australia chose to go to Pakistan. I was just talking to Usman about that. 24 years, we've had a history of pulling out of tours like that in the past. That We went there and we spread the word of cricket um, and showed confidence in the Pakistan people and their security forces. I love that. And talking about Formula One, uh, I'm not loving the fact that Mercedes is not fast. 
I'm loving that the Ferraris are going well. Uh, so, you know, on that type of sport, there's a lot of things to love at the moment. And as, as someone fortunate enough to talk about sport for a living, I'm loving the fact that I can go to the footy or the cricket and there's crowds now because it was pretty grim when, when there was no crowds. And with with all sport, for me, commentary makes the sport and can make it even better. If I give you a name, uh, and I, I sort of see you heading towards that bracket, but if I give you the name Bruce McAvaney, what does that say to you and mean to you? Well, Bruce McAvaney's playing in the AFL and I'm playing in the Bowen Heads Reserves. <laughs> That's the difference between Bruce McAvaney and I. I think Bruce... You know, every, I've learned as I've got older that everybody prepares differently uh, and I don't have the approach to prepare like Bruce does. He, he is just a phenomenon and he gets his confidence from preparation and I think that's why he stands out um, amongst the crowd. Like, he's got a wonderful turn of phrase and he knows how to summarise a moment. Like, calling Cyril my favourite footballer delicious was just it, like it was a perfect description at the time. He seems to know the right moments, but the preparation that he's done over so many years across so many different sports I, I think that's the thing that I really respect about Bruce that he has that dedication to prepare for football or tennis or cricket or horse racing or the Olympic Games which is the hardest thing to do for a broadcaster because often you are, you're not seeing the sports that you're commentating on you haven't seen them in the last four years so yeah he, he, he's the best um, for me Richie was the icon of cricket commentary um, he, he was the best and of the current crop you know I love listening to James Brayshaw on, on the radio I think he's a, he's a genius the way he brings entertainment to the game so we're, we're blessed to have some unbelievable commentators out there and I sit next to Ishigua as well for Fox Cricket and I think she's an absolute star as well so it's great to see so many different people um, races religions and different sexes now calling sport um, as opposed to what's probably gone on in the past well, certainly, Mark, uh, Howie. Uh, we're talking to Mark Howard, uh, thanks to Fox Sports and uh, Triple M and um, everything else that you do. But um, And the Howie Games, make sure you download that podcast. Absolutely sensational, mate. But uh, how proud are you of knowing that sort of you've made it in this industry, this professional sporting broadcasting media, um, without being at the highest level? I mean, you talk about Bruce McAvaney, who, who never got to um, anywhere high in his sporting career. Like, are you proud that you, you sit next to all these other legends of the game and commentate with them, knowing that, I mean, you didn't really get there? I mean, it's the hardest thing to do. Yeah, I'm not sure proud is the right word, but I'm mm-hmm. certainly pri- privileged. Um, I would use the word privileged. I, I think it's a double-edged sword. You know, I could so- show you my social media um, <laughs> at times, and there's plenty of people who say, how can you be talking about... Not so much footy, because I think we're a lot, a, a lot more accustomed to non-AFL and VFL players calling the game, like it's the Anthony Hudson's or the Tim Lane's or the Sandy Roberts or the Bruce McAvaney's mm. over the years. I think we're a lot more accustomed to that. But I think growing up in Australia, it was Richie. He mm. was calling yeah. the cricket or Bill was calling the cricket. Now, they're both former Australian captains. Uh, so it, it's, a, it's a pretty hard road to, to plough in some ways. But I could show you my social media doing a cricket match and people are like, well, what would you know? You've never played cricket. And they are, 100, they are 110% right. But I think what I've always tried to do is never give my opinion. In 10 years of commentating cricket, I've never given my opinion on the game. My job is to say what has happened. You know, Kawhi just smacked it through back points before he moved to 94 and then to shut up and let the true legends of the game speak. Probably once every 
probably once every year in a big bash game, Mark Wall will say to me, come on, Al, you've been doing this for 10 years, give me your opinion. And I'll say, no, no one's interested in my opinion, Junior. And he'll say, come on, come on. So I'll give my opinion. And he'll say, well, you're wrong. So <laughs> that, that your opinion is you just stick your lane, call the ball, and then hand it over to the real superstars. Well, I will ask your opinion on, uh, we saw you on last week with uh, the great Shane Warne. Uh, just your opinion on that great man and what he what he sort of meant to you. Well, I hope the country, and I'm sure the country with, with, the, with the media coverage has got an insight into the Shane that I was fortunate enough to know and that a lot of people are fortunate enough to know. It's not like we were best mates, but I did spend a lot of time with him due to work. And I think... I don't know, have either of you two guys ever met Shane or not? Yeah, yeah, once before. And I can guarantee you now you'll have a story where he smiled at you or shook your hand or said g'day or asked you a question about yourself that made you feel good about yourself. I doubt, yep. And I think that that is what everybody, you know, I would leave the cricket with Shane and if people came up for a selfie, especially if they had good manners because he really loved manners, and asked him for a selfie or an autograph, he would give them his full attention and he would sign an autograph and then he would ask a question about, did you enjoy the day's play? Or especially if they're youngster, do you play cricket? You know, why don't you try leg spin? How's your cricket going? How's your season gone? And he would walk off. I don't know if he was oblivious, but I would always turn back and see the delight on that person's face and I would know that for the next year or two years or with his devastating passing, they will all be saying, you know what, I met Warnie one day outside the MCG and I got a photo and he said g'day and asked me how my cricket was. And I think that was the greatness of the man away from the cricket field is that he gave everybody his time. He knew the name of Frank on the door at the MCG or Jane in the lift at the Adelaide Oval and he would greet them by name and their their eyes would light up because an Australian icon had taken the time to say hello and it's only a small thing but when you do it 150 times a day like I sure Shane do I think that was the true greatness of the man and he'll be sadly missed and as, as far as the other night goes to E. Maguire and his executive producer Luke Tunnicliffe to pull what they did together in the space of three weeks and deliver such a wonderful heartfelt tribute to a man that loved everything to be perfect Warnie liked things to be perfect and I thought that was as close to perfect the other night as could be done so it was um, I wish we didn't have to do it but it was a brilliant way to say farewell to Shane Oh, thanks for that, yeah. Mark. I appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate your and, that. Yeah, a fantastic uh, evening at the MCG, and yeah, you did a great job as well. Hey, mate, we've got to leave it there, um, but thank you so much for joining us tonight, mate. It's a Been privilege for us. Privilege, absolutely, for us. Good, good, good uh, word there was. Uh, but, yeah, thank you so much, mate. Good on you, Jack. Good on you, Was. Congratulations again with the success of the show, and thanks for having me on. And uh, stay safe, and let's hope Lewis Hamilton somehow gets his Mercedes to the front of the Grand Prix grid on the weekend. <laughs> Sounds good. Mate. Very good. Sounds great. There we go. Mark Howard, uh, Fox Sports, Fox Footy, Triple M, um, and the Howie Games is his podcast, and it does a sensational yes. job doing that.